This episode contains adult language, mature situations, wills with insane stipulations, potential love interests who arrive at just the right moment, a protagonist who doesn't want to get a job, inappropriate sexual encounters, and the loss of a rich family member. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 266, it's Brewster's Millions, but in manga form. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and vague reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. This is your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Yes, we are back for another fun-filled and amazing episode of this wonderful podcast, and if you're joining us for the first time, Welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Every episode, I or my co-host and myself will talk about one or two manga titles. We'll tell you the pros and cons about it, how the art style is, the characters are, the plot is, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-host say, but we try to be as informative, educational, and impartial as possible. You could check out all of our episodes at www.spirekin.com but we are also on facebook twitter instagram tumblr the psn network twitch youtube spotify the apple music store player.fm and several other podcast catchers and if you have any comments or concerns you can also email me at zan at that's x-a-n not z-a-n at s-p-i-r-a-k-e-n and with that in mind let's get on with it shall we because if you remember from the last episode of the Spirekin Mong review I spun that one that only the wheel of manga, and it did turn to be there reviewing a manga that has a very prestigious past behind it. Specifically, it's about the mangaka itself. Now, this manga was written by Naoki Yamamoto. Now, many of you have no idea who the hell this guy is. However, he is a mangaka that in his early career he used the pen name of Moriyama To, and also Mori Toriyama. He's had a couple of different, different pen names, and... His deal was that he worked on a lot of series like Arrive, Believe, this series, but he also worked on a bunch of OVAs, ones that are known as, well, let's be honest, he worked on Cream Lemon. Now, if you've never heard of this property before, it's very prestigious in the anime community and also the fanfic community because if you've ever heard the term lemon before in fanfic, meaning, you know, it's essentially hentai, that comes from Cream Lemon. So this guy is the reason why all fanfics have lemons and why a lot of porn gets that... Not porn. The anime hentai is a thing because of Cream Lemon, where they made it more mainstream. And it's more popular because of that. So, yeah, blame this guy. And he's definitely put use, put this to use in this series because, let's be honest, it is borderline porn. But I digress. So this was also published by Shogokugen. And it was released in the United States originally under the Pulp English magazine, which is pulp. It's like, you know, they had Raijin comics, they had Fist of the North Star, you had Fist of the Blue Sea, you had this, you had some other series as well. A lot of adult series that are more violent, brutal, and sexy than you'd expect. This was during that time of anime straight from Japan, not for kids. But anyway, so eventually pulp went under, and the rest of the series got picked up by Viz Media, who would then release it under their Viz Signature collection, which is their adult series. Monsters under there, uh, Master Keaton's under there, and several other series. So this is considered an adult series. Definitely. This is definitely a Senen series. And it was originally released in 89 to 1990, and there's seven volumes. There's also a live-action series, two OVAs, and another live-action series. And the crazy part was, the OVAs were like two years apart. The live-action movies... 
first one was in 91. The second one was in 2005. So it's got a big gap between it. But now what is the series I'm talking about? It is Asete Dansu or Dance Till Tomorrow. Now, this series reminds me of so many comedies from back in the day. Uh, specifically one that was a remake of an original one. This is actually a remake of a remake of a remake. So, let's get on with it, shall we? Now, this manga is about Sesekichi Terayama. And he is this kid who is part of an acting troupe called Bondage Horse. Just, just follow me here. It's, it's not like a sexy, like a... But they're, they're acting troupe who are trying to be successful. They're not doing well. And uh, Sekakuchi is kind of having a really shitty time at things. Because he's not doing good in school. He doesn't have a job. And he constantly is trying to work at this troupe. Because he is he likes acting. More importantly than that, he's trying to bone the leader of the drama troupe. Masami Shimomoru who he really, really likes. And she is, like, friends with everybody. She's super nice. She's super sweet. And he really, really likes her. And she's a lot older than he is. He's 19, and she's 27. And she hasn't a boyfriend. She's still a virgin. So it's almost like that tempted fruit aspect. However, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves because we don't find out this information until after the beginning because the beginning actually wait, opens up with uh, Teriyama waking up in his apartment with a girl next to him. And he does not remember what the hell happened the night before. He vaguely remembers that he was at a funeral, and then he wakes up here. And a lawyer shows up, uh, Mr. Tachima. And Mr. Tachima comes and tells him that, uh, listen, I'm the executor of your great-grandfather's will. And we talked about this yesterday, don't you remember? He's like, uh, no. And this girl who's there with him kind of remembers, oh yeah, he was the lawyer from yesterday. So it's a little weird. But... Long story short, his great-great-grandfather hated everybody in his family except him. He hated everybody. Dekechi Teriyama hated everybody. But he loved his grandson. So what he has done is he has left him his stamp collection. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's a stamp collection, and it's probably worthless, right? No. The stamp collection is worth 10 billion yen. It's a nice little inheritance and immediately uh Sekuchi thinks oh my god I could use this I could fix up the troop I can make things wonderful and then I'll be loved and then Masami will want to be with me forever lawyer's like uh yeah so you get this inheritance however there is a stipulation and they're watching a video which is a video will and his grandfather explains that I will give you your inheritance however in order to get the inheritance you can't tell anybody you're getting this inheritance. And you can only claim it when you graduate from college, you get married, and you establish your career. Yeah, I know you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so this guy who is lazy, who does not have a job, who does not have a career, who's failing out of college, who wants to drop out to become an actor, has to go back to college, get back accepted, find a girlfriend, woman to marry him, and then get his career going. And yes, I know, there's that girl there who was in the room with him who heard this entire conversation, and she's kind of talking to him and checking him out. And this girl is Aya Hibino. And she is this kindergarten teacher who's kind of promiscuous, meaning that she likes to have sex and she's really loose. 
And she'd recently left her husband. So you have this weird relationship that occurs in this hilarious fashion of uh, Sakichi trying to fight this inheritance, saying, like, I want this inheritance, but I don't want to do all this stuff. I don't want the girl I want, but she doesn't want me. But what's going on here? And Aya keeps showing up and causing problems in a way where she's interested in, but she's not interested in, but she is, but she isn't. And a lot of times it ends up with them banging. I mean, the first volume alone, they bang like three times. And it's not like just, like I told you, Aori Yoshi, one of my favorite series, way back in, I think it was 40, episode 40 of this podcast, I talked about Aori Yoshi and how amazing it was, how beautiful it was, and how elegant the scene is. Or in Berserk, when you have a very elegant scene, it's like kind of, it's not the eclipse scene, but the first scene with Casca and Guts is kind of elegant. It's done in a very stylized way. This is just straight up porn. We're not going to lie. It is, you see groping, you see touching, you see positions which you would never expect. It is, uh, Naoki Yamamoto takes his ability to draw hentai and tries making a story out of it. And honestly, he kind of succeeds in a weird sort of way, but this series is really just what the hell. I mean, besides you having his lawyer hiring someone to break up uh, Aya and Sakichi, you have all these other characters who find out about it, and they're trying to uh, save the day or take the inheritance, and it becomes this very convoluted, crazed, what-the-hell series. I mean, you have one character who is a Southeast Asia man who Aya brings home to live with Sakichi, which already, it's like, she's already said, I'm living with you, but she's not. And he doesn't say anything. The only thing he really says, which is really screwed up, is whenever he greets someone, he doesn't say hello, konnichiwa, uh, or anything, or, or ni hao. He doesn't say any of that. He says, pussy! Yes, he says pussy as his greeting. Because I had told him to greet people in Japanese by saying pussy. So you're like, Okay, this is just ridiculous and retarded. I'm not going to lie. This is a weird, disturbing, boy-meets-girl concept that I have no idea. I mean, it does have this kind of mediocre, happy ending in the middle that's kind of depressing and sad. But it's this weird... It's surreal, artsy, and just completely bizarre, but you want to see what happens with this. I mean, it is, it's very self-aware of what it's doing, but it just keeps going on with it. And all the characters do feel real. They feel like real people. They have real motivations. Like how Sakichi, his motivation is, I can get this money to help this girl. You know, he's going to use this money from his heritage so he can press the girl he likes so she'll bang him. But he can't do that, so he's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I don't need the inheritance. But then he's like, oh, no, I need the inheritance. And it's a very real reaction to this situation, where it's like, they're trying to make you do something that you don't want to do. And it's pretty crazy. It's a very bizarre soap opera series. And I have to give this a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel, because it is just so bizarre and crazy. But it is very... Let's be honest. It's essentially porn. It's comical, it's funny, but it's porn. It's it's porn with plot, 
with a lot of plot, I mean, it's not that there's sex every single chapter. There's like, as I said, in one volume, there's three sex scenes. But for the most part, it's a lot of character development and comical, stupid rom-com stuff. But it is compelling, and the art style is very unique because it's very gangly and almost half-drawn, like he was kind of working on it, but then he forgot about it for a while. But it does work in a way which is compelling and intriguing to look at. I know, I'm like, you're like, wait, why is he not talking so much? Because this series is baffling at times. It's like, this should not have worked. This really should not have worked, but it worked. But it's... The fact that it's reminiscent of so many other rom-coms I've read, even though this was a predecessor to that, I can't give it too much of a pass because it does seem really like Brewster's Millions. A lot. Where it's, you have the secret thing and you have to do this and you can't tell anybody. That's a big deal with this series, and that's what it is. I'm still surprised that Viz released it under Signature Line and their editor's choice. Because, like, this is a great series. Uh, it kind of makes you wonder about Viz for a while. But, despite all these negatives I've said, the series does draw you in. Even in this weird, kooky way, it just draws you in and it is enjoyable. I highly do recommend it, though. You should definitely check it out. Um, so yeah, so with that in mind, uh, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the Wheel Manga! Accepts no substitutes. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to spin that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. And whatever number it lands on, that's reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review episode... 267, and we got some great titles up, and I've got some fun ones. But so, yeah, we're going to spin it to review the next episode. So, wish us luck, and let's hopefully no whammies. Number one. So, let's see what that is. Okay. So, in the next episode of the Spyrocon Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing another kind of retro manga. This one is a little different. This one has several sequels, and that's all I know about it. And the series is called Salaryman Kintaro. We're going to have to wait and see what this series is about, but I'm assuming it's about a salaryman, and his name is Kintaro. I may be completely wrong, though. We'll wait and see. So, anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you guys next time. I'm your host, Zom, and I'm Gonsville. See you.